And welcome. Did the mute just cut off? Welcome. We are live. Saturday. Just, what's going on with the music today? I got to get it fixed. <laughs> it's Saturday, 1 o'clock. We are live right on Intelligent Ignorance. I am Jay Chris. I don't know what the is there with the music, but, you know, whatever. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. Everybody's a little off-kilter today. But welcome to Intelligent Ignorance. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the city of brotherly love. This is the live podcast of Intelligent Ignorance. And for the next 60 minutes, we are here to inform you, enlighten you, entertain you, agitate you, whatever the case may be, whatever it takes to get you going and get you the information you need. That's what we are here to do. Without further ado, I want to bring in the star of the show. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. What's happening, man? We uh, we ready to rock and roll this Saturday. I'm on. I'm uh, I'm live on location at Couture Cuts right now with my man El Nino. And uh, I know we got a nice little live show today set up. It is NBA All-Star Weekend, so you know I'm ready to take in the festivities tonight. It's been a heck of a week, man. How's everything up there, Jay? Man, everything is good up here, man. I, I can't complain. Um, I just got just got back in the studio just in time for the show. You know, we got a lot of things going on. Shout out to everybody headed down to Princess Anne, Maryland this weekend for the homecoming of the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, all, my Hulk, all my all my Hawk families headed back down to the nest. I want to tell y'all, be careful, have fun, take lots of pictures. Cause I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna live vicariously through you this weekend, and uh, and you know, and don't don't don't. Don't make it so you can't make the work on Monday, all right? Even though I think, think Monday a holiday or something. I don't know. I don't. Monday I'm not sure. Monday is a holiday. Have fun, fam, this weekend. There's a lot to talk about this week, but one of the things we want to talk about, you know, we we like to educate our our listenership. We like to educate, um, you know, people what's going on in the world, and it's not just about, you know, topics of that are hot topics, current debate topics. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to know that we're not taught in school. And I'm not just talking about Black History Month like I've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm not talking about, you know, um, you know, doing the taxes, which we're never taught about in school. But um, I'm talking about property ownership. It's, you know, these are some of the things that we're not taught that we actually have to go out and seek information ourselves. And uh, and this week we have with us Eddie Barksdale of Barksdale Realty and affiliates with us to answer a lot of questions. That any questions that you may have and that we have, um, he's he's live with us right here. Uh, good morning. Oh, it's not good morning. I was gonna say good morning. Good afternoon, Mr. Barksdale. How are you today? I'm doing good, Mr. J. How you doing today? Hey man, I'm doing well, man. I'm glad you're here with us. I want to thank you for joining yes, us. I know you're a busy man. Man, you got a lot of things going on. Um, but let's yes, let's talk real estate, man. We. Let's talk real estate. And uh, first of all, uh, for the, anyone that's listening, 215-383-3992, hit us up if you have any real estate questions that you want to ask Mr. Eddie Barksdale of Barksdale Realty and Affiliates. Um, first off, let's get let's get a little background into into uh, your expertise here, Mr. Barksdale. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm Eddie Barksdale, I'm owner of Barksdale and Affiliates Realty. Um I've been in the industry for about 13 years, so started in uh, 2006. Um, in fact, I am one of the youngest brokers uh, in the state of Delaware. So uh, what that means is that I've surpassed the role of, of being a realtor, um, and I've reached the apex where essentially I now hire realtors to work under me and provide them the proper training and, and expertise when it comes to um, the process of assisting someone through the purchase or or uh, sale of real estate. 
So, um, so I, I just want to ask because you, you said something. You hire. You actually right now you're hiring real realtors, and yes. um, for for people, I know a lot of people that are are in the or want to get into the uh, the real estate game. What does it take to be hired? Like, what do you look for in hiring a realtor? That's a great question. Um, well, the, the typical requirements is that you, you essentially have to be, you know, 18 years of age. From there, you actually take a um, a 99-hour course, and you have to um, essentially pass that course, and then you take your state and also um, your national examination. So they'll typically send you to a um, – uh, testing location, uh, you pretty much pay a $75 fee uh, to to take that test, and then you have to pass the state and national at the same time. Um, if for some reason uh, you don't pass one but you pass the other, then you can pretty much study for uh, that section and then go back and take the test. Uh, the requirements are that uh, you essentially get three times to take the test, and uh, once you pass the test, then from there you'll search and uh, look for uh, brokers that you essentially want to affiliate yourself with, and then you have the opportunity to, uh, you know, be hired on, and then they'll start the training process from there. So um, that answers the first part. The second part, you know, what I look for is I look for someone that, you know, that has the drive. I hear Eric Thomas say it all the time. He say, you know, in order to be successful, you have to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. So mm-hmm. a lot of individuals that I deal with here in Delaware uh, they know I'm real passionate about real estate. It's not just a job for me. It's a career the same way you you guys are excited about All-Star Weekend. Um, that's great. But essentially somebody like me, you know, I'm working anywhere from 7 a.m. in the morning, and I'm not getting done until 10 o'clock at night. So I'm reading different, you know, uh, articles and different magazines and understanding uh, the trend and the craft of, you know, what's going on in the market and, and understanding what's next when it comes to um, social media and, and, and connecting with the demographics of whoever I want to target. So when I look for someone, I want someone that's just as passionate about, you know, being a, a NBA player or, or an all-star football player. I want somebody that, um, number one, our number one goal is to assist anyone in the general public. But I want someone that has the drive and motivation to say, I don't just want this as a job. I want to essentially develop and uh, create a clear path to generating the amount of revenue I want to generate for not just myself, but for my family, so that I have future revenue to be able to pass that on to the next generation. So that's what I'm looking for. Mm, I love it. I love it. All right, what you? What, I got a lot of questions I want to ask, Gaddy. I want to get, give you a chance <laughs> so I can I can go on days. I, while sure. I'm thinking about it, give you a chance to ask some questions, uh, Arda. Hey, so how many uh, how many Realtors do you have right now on your team? Yeah, right now I have two realtors um, by design, as I just explained the type of individuals that I wanted. Uh, we get, you know, a lot of calls each and every week from, you know, different individuals that want to, you know, transfer from a different, you know, real estate company and they want to come over with us. Um, but, you know, one of the, the old sayings is you have to be careful who you let in your house. So, you know, I've taken the time to, you know, build up a quality brand so just like the type of individual I explained, those are the type of individuals I want to come over. So I'm, I'm real, you know, careful and selective of, you know, who I bring into the brand and organization. With that being said, I have four realtors that are in real estate school that I have interviewed that have uh, met the requirements of what I feel they would be successful with going into the industry. 
Mm. So now let me. Go oh, Jay, Jay, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was going to add it, if you wanted to piggyback on that question, Ryan, go ahead because I, I was going to take it to another place. Well, so was I. I was actually going to hop right <laughs> into the meat and potatoes of the things that I like to hear because you know, you know, I've been talking a lot about generational wealth and building and investing. So, Ed, I wanted to know. Uh, how how do you work with people who are looking to invest in properties in the state? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I work with a, a lot of investors. Uh, one of the things that I, I do is, you know, before I take anyone out on the road, you know, to see a property, I have what you call a uh, buyer's presentation. Uh, and with that being said, it's typically aligned in the, in the two fashions. So if I have someone that's a first-time home buyer, my buyer presentation would be geared toward what the process looks like if you're a first-time home buyer. On the other side of the coin, when I deal with an investor, I have a buyer presentation with an investor, and we'll look at a variety of factors. Uh, some of those factors are what's the demographics of the area that they're targeting. Uh, we also do a breakdown of what they call a comparative market analysis. And what that is, it's, it's a breakdown of other comparable properties in whatever target area they want. For example, if you want to look at a house in, in, in Wilmington, most investors like either flips or duplex. So just for example's sake, I'll use a duplex. So if you want to look at a duplex in, in Wilmington, we'll do the breakdown and get an understanding of what that property is, is selling for, what other properties have sold for within the last six months to a year. Um, and then from there, we'll get a uh, net income and we'll get an understanding of what they could essentially rent out both units for. And then once we get that understanding, we'll do a breakdown of what we should present the offer price to be of that property. And then also we'll do a breakdown of um, a cascading scale to say within five years, you know, this building could be generating X amount of income for you. So when it comes to investors, um, that presentation looks a lot different. So before we even put in an offer, we'll look at that factor as far as what, what their return of investment would be. That's first. The second nugget that I give to anyone that purchased a property, um, be it a first-time home buyer and particularly an investor, is to, before you even put in an offer on a property, make sure you have a good insurance agent. And the purpose of that is you want to make sure the insurance agent checks the history of the property. So what I do is I essentially evaluate and I also explain to people the same process of when you purchase a car and they offer you uh, a vehicle car fax so to speak, um, the history of the car with the vehicle Carfax stays forever. So with a property, a home insurance agent can tell you all the type of claims that have been, have been filed on the property. So obviously from an investment standpoint, point, if you're looking at a duplex and you reach out to your insurance agent before we put the offer in, and the insurance agent says, well, this claim has had five water damage claims, obviously that would be a potential problem for an investor. So just by having expertise and the skills for doing it so long, I like to do the real estate process from the back to the front versus the typical realtor. When someone says, I want to buy an investment property, they'll just run them out on the road. They'll find a house. They'll put in an offer. Then they'll go to get homeowners insurance, and then they'll find out these problems. I do it backwards to the front. So, so, so Eddie, um, that's an interesting what you just said because – you know, me being someone um, that myself personally, I've never been in the in the home buying process or the or the property buying process. However, I am looking to, you know, get into those things. 
Um, they get they get an insurance agent to find out these things. These are not things that the realtor is privy to. This is not information realtor is privy to at all. No. Um, one of the things about real estate is that you know you have different experts that are within their field. So obviously, if you have a realtor that's also an insurance agent, they can check that for you. Unless you have an experienced agent that can tell you what to look for before you go through the process, most people miss this step. So as far as the insurance side of things, a realtor couldn't tell you the insurance on the property or the history um, of the property when it came to insurance claims and things like that. What a realtor can tell you is what other properties have sold for, what the previous owner paid for the house, and we can give you the history of the property from the time of its infancy. Um, but when it comes to insurance claims on a property, you know, we wouldn't be able to let you know those things. So I always tell people, you know, if you have a, a car insurance company that you're dealing with, most of them have homeowners insurance. So typically if you reach out to the agent and you say, hey, I'm um, thinking of purchasing this property, can you give me any insight of this property's history? You know, typ- typically a homeowner's insurance agent would do that for you obviously because they want your future business with bundling your homeowner's insurance with your car insurance. I see. So this is, so these things are not, are, are, would, would you be able to recommend an insurance agent or do you not even get into that side of things? No. Yeah. I mean, for me in general, when I make a recommendation, you know, I, I put my name on it as well. So yeah, I, I do recommend a, a variety of agents, but one thing that I've come to learn is that, you know, I want the individuals that purchase a property throughout their process, I want them to be comfortable with who they're comfortable with. So a lot of the times the people that come to to me in particular, you know, they already have like a, a car um, insurance agent that they deal with or, you know, someone that they know. The advice okay. that I can give is that I found independent insurance agencies, particularly like the ones that, um, or not the larger scale ones, such as, you know, not to put them in a bad scale, but just for example's sake, say Allstate or Nationwide or Liberty Mutual, you know, they have a set line of products that they have to offer. So a lot of the times they can't shop around to get you the best rate. But if you go to a you know, an independent insurance agent, you know, within your local state, they can essentially look at the whole pot and say, We can offer you the same insurance at a lower rate because they have the ability to shop around. 215-383-3992. We're talking with Barksdale, Barksdale and Affiliates affiliates Realty. Excuse me. Um, We're talking property ownership, home ownership. Um, So let me ask you this, because like I said, I'm I'm very green when it comes to property ownership, home ownership. if I wanted to buy a, a plot of land that does not have any any type of construction, ain't no buildings or anything like that, would I would I also be able to come to you? And, and is, is that or, or are you just buildings and homes and stuff like that? Yeah, I deal with pretty much, you know, everything that involves the entire real estate process. So um, when it comes to land, uh, I do own land myself, uh, commercial buildings. You know, we sold everything from churches to community centers. So, you know, over the years, you know, I've pretty much done everything. Uh, One thing about land is that, you know, you want to make sure, you know, that you get a soil test on the property. Um, Also, you want to make sure and also check that it has the the hookups, what they call a builder tie-in. 
So under the ground, you want to make sure it has the, the, the sewers ran. And if it's not you no know, sewers ran under there, you want to check to see if, you know, if it can connect to, you know, a neighborhood. Because sometimes it can get, you know, very expensive if you just buy land and it can't even hook up to the sewer. Then you got to think about getting a, a septic system. And obviously, you know, with the septic system, you know, in the future it could be risk that it backs up and then you'll have sewage all in your yard. So, you know, when it comes to um, in real estate in general, one of the key things that they teach you is that uh, land never depreciates, but a building on top could potentially depreciate. So land is always going to be valuable, but you just want to make sure you do the proper checks to ensure that whatever land that you're purchasing, it has some of those capabilities to it. Ooh, let me tell you something. Eddie Barksdale is out here dropping jewels on you. I hope you're listening. I hope you're taking notes because I sure am. 215-383-3992. Now, uh, Mr. Barksdale, there's always uh, something that I that not concerned me, but I always was interested in knowing. When you go to look at a house, let's say you're going to an open house or you see a house that's for sale, a lot of times you'll see a name of a realtor on the sign, on the for sale sign. Or if you go to an open house, there's a realtor there taking your name and information and things like that. Now, when let's say I go to this house and I want to buy this house, do I have to deal with the realtor that was that was in that house, or can I go to an outside realtor and you know I guess find work a deal out that way? That's a great question. Um, what you're referring to as agency is what we call it in real estate. So it's a, it's a few things here. So one, um, there's a, a document called a consumer informational statement. And what that says is that essentially you being an individual within the public, because remember what I stated initially, our number one goal is to essentially protect the general public. So with that being said, we, you know, we usually provide that document. And that document states that you have the capabilities to work with whatever agent that you want to work with. The second thing is in reference to the sign. Um, it doesn't matter what sign that's in the yard. You can work with any realtor you want. Um, we have what they call a broker reciprocity program. And what that means is different realtors can show another realtor's property and everyone will still benefit. So in this particular instance that you're explaining, it would be called a dual agency. So a dual agency is where a realtor represents both the buyer and the seller. If that's not the case and you have your own independent agent, that's what they call a buyer's agent. So the buyer's agent specifically represents you, and no matter what property that, that you go and see, they would be your, um, you know, special agent for that particular property. So um, that's pretty much how that works. So it doesn't really matter uh, what sign is in the yard. If you have an agent that you work with, that agent would solely work with you. But if you walked into an open house and you didn't have an agent, and the realtor that was hosting the open house um, essentially was representing the seller. In that case, that agent would have to disclose to you that they represent the seller, and for them to work with you, it would be a dual agency situation where they would be representing both you and also the seller. Man, this is some good stuff you're talking about here. Five three eight three three nine nine two. Hit us up if you want to talk to Eddie Barksdale of Barksdale and Affiliates Realty. He's only here for about 10 more minutes, um, and we're going to have to have you on the show again or do another interview sure. with you because, man, you're driving some jewels. I've always wanted to talk to a realtor, you know, you know, person to person just to, you know, understand the, the home buying process and property buying process, commercial properties and things like that. Um, 
I wanted to ask you to uh, explain because a lot of people were asking about the the first time home buyers program and exactly what that is and how that works. Yeah, sure. So, like a, a first time home buyer program is essentially for an individual that's never purchased a property. Uh, to say it rather strife. Here's one of the questions that a lot of people ask. Sometimes I'll meet with a couple uh, where one person has purchased the property, but the other individual uh, that's with that person um, hasn't purchased the property. And they say, am I still able to get first-time homebuyer if we both buy the house together? The answer is no. Um, so with that being said, the first-time homebuyer programs typically apply to an individual who hasn't purchased the property. There are a lot of different um, local and and also state programs that offer a first-time homebuyer program. So what they do is typically give you a grant of a certain amount based on your income, or they'll give you a loan that doesn't have to be repaid unless the property is sold or there's different uh, stipulations. They may say you have to hold the property for 10 years before you can sell it and you don't have to pay the loan back. Or they can say whenever you sell this property, the loan just has to be paid back. So typically they'll give you that money towards your down payment or towards your closing costs. So to say it rather strife, um, the average first-time home buyer uses uh, what they call FHA financing. So they usually have to put 3.5% in the deal. So if it's a you know $100,000 house, just for example's sake, they may have to put 3000 down on their property. What the first-time homebuyer program does is provide you a grant or, obviously, um, as I stated, a loan as far as, you know, covering that down payment. And then it would be the job of a skillful realtor to assist the, the home buyer, uh when it comes to negotiating the closing costs. Uh, typically, the realtor would ask the seller to cover um, those, some of those things in the closing costs. Uh, I know some first-time homebuyers ask the question, you know, what are some things that are involved in the closing cost process? Uh, those are typically uh, lender, which are mortgage fees. Um, each mortgage lender charges a different fee. Uh, that also would be an attorney fee. I know down in Delaware here, in order to purchase real estate, um, you have to have a real estate attorney close that transaction. Uh, so typically their fee could be anywhere from $425 to $495. That would also be a closing cost fee. Um, the government also charges what they call a transfer tax, um, and that would be if the property transfers from one individual to the next. So you have to pay a county transfer tax and also a state transfer tax, no matter who you are, except if you're a first-time homebuyer, you're exempt from the county transfer tax. Um, so with that being said, those are some of the things that are uh, included with the closing costs. So as the realtor, the realtor's job is to negotiate, um, obviously, with the seller's realtor, to see how much settlement help they can get covered and, uh, you know, do the best job they can for their client. Now, question for you real quick. I, I, want, I want to get Ryan in there. I know, I, I, like I said, I can keep on going. But the um, these these taxes and these charges that you're, you're speaking of, and you said, you know, some of them don't exist for, uh, some of them don't per, uh, pertain to the first-time home buyer. Are these, are these charges, are these costs that you have to pay, um, as far as like, is this part of the down payment thing, you know, part of those costs, the closing costs, or is it part of mm-hmm. the, what will be part of the mortgage or how, you know, how are these things, I mean, can that be negotiated? How how do those things actually uh, work? Yeah, those things, they're not part of the mortgage. Those things are paid at closing time. 
So uh, the way it works in answer your question is, is, is yes, they can be negotiated. Um, but obviously, just like any tax, as it's, as it's tax season right now for everybody, I think if you're a business, you got to pay your tax by March 15th. Uh, individual, you got to pay it by April 15th. With that being said, you know, with any tax the government imposes, there's pretty much no way around it. So, you know, typically the, the realtor will negotiate uh, with the uh, seller's realtor and, and, and see if they can get those, those fees covered. So um, that's pretty much how that aspect of it works. It's, there's no way around um, the, the, the taxes. Um, and, and typically they're about 2% of the purchase price. So if it's a $100,000 house, it could be $2,000. So the realtor would ask um, the seller's realtor to cover those fees. Hmm. Okay. So, all right. Let's 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 take a let's take another um, let's shift a, a couple of gears. I know you got about five more minutes. The when it comes to the 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 home buying process. Okay. Let's say I want to buy a home, and um, the or let's say I want to sell a home. Excuse me. I want to sell a home, and I've I've seen or heard stories where maybe the owner did not want to sell to a to a particular person. Have you run into that, or does, does that is that does that is that common in the in the real estate game? Like, what is your experience with that? Um, I've never ran into it. Uh, one thing I've learned about uh, real estate, other than any other profession, is most people see green. Um, honestly, so you know it, it could be a you know a million dollar house. If you're bringing a client for their million dollar house, most people don't. It doesn't it doesn't affect them. Um, to answer your first part of that question. If I were to experience something like that, you know, I wouldn't take the listing. Um, one of the biggest things that, you know, you know, we have to be mindful of is, is the fair housing laws where you can't discriminate based on race, color, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, gender identity, and also a person's status. So, you know, with that being said, as a realtor, you have to be ethical. So if you're faced with that situation, I don't care if it's a $10,000 commission you would be obtaining for selling the property I'm not going to put myself in a position where I jeopardize my integrity one and also my oath as a realtor. Mm. 215-383-3992. Hit us up. Um, we only got them for a couple more minutes, but I definitely want to thank you for being with us here. Um, and a, a little bit about your, your company and, and what you do before we let you go. Um, you're, you're, licensed i guess or certified i'm not sure i'm, I'm not sure that the right verb is but I'm, you know please correct me you're licensed to to um to deal with real estate in the state of delaware or or anywhere how how does that work for you yeah that's correct yeah i'm i'm a licensed um broker here in the state of delaware i'm in the process right now of obtaining my merlin um licensing and then um next i'm circling around and i'm, I'm coming to philadelphia um, I work with a, a few agents up there that are, that are really good agents. Um, so what we work, what we represent is uh, individuals that are looking to sell a property here in Delaware, uh, buy a property, uh, individuals that are selling land, buying land. Um, we also work with uh, commercial businesses um, such as shopping centers uh, and also individuals that are selling duplexes or triplexes. Uh, essentially, anything that involves real estate is is what we deal with. Um, I'm also finding a lot now that some individuals own successful businesses, and they're starting to retire. So they're not actually um, selling the building, but they're selling the business. So, uh, for example, it may be a restaurant, 
where an individual has a whole book of business and uh, and he still wants to own the building, but he's saying, hey, if you know anyone that's looking to take over my business, I'll pay you a certain percentage to find me a client, and they can take over the business, and I'll introduce them to uh, the clientele base. So we also handle that aspect of it as well. Um, I'm located here at uh, 1 South Old Baltimore Pike, uh, Newark, Delaware, um, and that's where we are here at Barkstone Affiliates. Really, if you need to reach me, you can reach me on my cell at uh, 302-218-6074. Again, it's uh, 302-218-6074. I'm Eddie Barksdale, owner of Barksdale Affiliates Realty here in Delaware. And is, is there is there a website that people can also go to? Uh, sure. Do, 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 um, sorry, do realtors, I have a tr- problem saying that word, Realtors list listings on websites, and, and uh, yes. so can you give yours out? Yes, it's um, it's a www.barksdaleaffiliates.com. Um, so again, it's a www.barksdaleaffiliates.com. So yes, we do list uh, uh properties on the website, and also with that being said, obviously with the broker reciprocity program, the moment a, a property is um is listed to the public, it essentially goes out to all the websites anyway. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I want to thank you for being with us, Mr. Eddie Barksdale, being with us on uh, Intelligent Ignorance right here on New Twist Radio. Very much appreciate your time. Got to have you on again because we didn't get into escrow. We didn't get into equity. We didn't get into a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people find intimidating. So um, we got to have you sure, on sometime. Sure. I know you're a busy man. We can, we can schedule. We can make it happen. Yeah, I definitely would love to come back on. Thanks for having me again, Jay, and uh look forward to talking to you guys again. Absolutely, absolutely. You'll be hearing from me, trust me, believe me. <laughs> You'll be hearing from me. Yes, sir. That's Eddie Barksdale. No That's Eddie Barksdale, Barksdale uh Realty and Associates in, in the state of Delaware, also uh soon to be Maryland and in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area. Uh definitely hit him up his information on the website on the social media and everything so you can get to that um hit us up 215-383-3992 actually got some text messages from people saying that you know they had some um they had some some issues with you know somebody didn't want to sell them a house and all like that and like you heard uh barksdale he just said those things cannot happen can't happen no they're by law they're not supposed to happen but uh you know it's uh unfortunate that those things do happen um a lot of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm being told I'm breaking them. I, I can't stand it. I hate the fact that I'm breaking them. R. Dot, you there? You there with me, R. Dot? Yes, sir. I am right here. I didn't want to interrupt, man, because I know you had some really good questions for Ed, and I get with him all of the time with a thousand questions a minute. So I know he had to get back to selling some houses today. So I wanted you to get a lot of your questions in, and then we can hop into All Star Weekend. Oh yeah, definitely going. I got a lot more questions to ask him. I might just call him on my own or something. I, I don't know, but um, you know, he he he's a wealth a wealth of information right there. And and you know, there was I, I I didn't try to throw him, but you can't throw him. It wasn't like, well, I don't know. No, no, he's got the information. He got a question. Ask him. He's got the information. I wanted to ask him if he ever had. And I, and I'll save this for the next time. But I wanted to ask him if he ever had like weird questions. Like I know a lot of people are saying. Um, kind of, he kind of alluded to this with the um, with the insurance agent that you you know you got to ask some questions with the insurance. So maybe these are questions more so for the insurance agent. But he may have heard some questions before. But I saw a question where like you you know 
has there ever been any paranormal paranormal activity in the home? And like you answer that, like yeah, there's been some ghosts flying around, some doors been shutting on their own, you know, windows opening and stuff like that. Like you know, I, I you know, I don't know. Like what if, what if it's crazy, but I know these questions get asked. Have there ever been like have the pipes ever burst? You know, how old is the roof? Things of that nature. Um, what other questions? Some other questions. Um, um, any infestations like termites, ants, or anything like that? Um, are there pets buried in the backyard? I, you know, I did want to ask him like something about that. I wanted to uh, take a quick second, but you know, I, I'll get to all that the next time. But we're right here on Intelligent Ignorance, right here on New Twist Radio, two one five three eight three three nine nine two. This is NBA All Star Weekend, one of my favorite times of the year. I love the NBA All Star Game. I love the NBA period, but I love the NBA All Star Game. It's a celebration of the league, celebration of the history of the league as well. They always, you know, always hear about the history. NBA All Star Game, one of my favorite All Star games, uh, one of my favorite All Star weekends. I think was actually in Charlotte back in the '90s. I forgot what year it was, but it was back in the '90s in Charlotte when they just had the back to school gym and you know the Rock and Jock was on MTV and. And all those things was happening, man. It was back when Larry Johnson, Lonzo Mourning, them was and Muggsy Bowes were playing in Charlotte. Charlotte was like the epicenter right there. It was one of the best All Star weekends that I can remember. And um, it's back in Charlotte this year. Back in Charlotte this year. Um, and it's at the uh, what, what they call it, the Bo, Bojangles Coliseum. And I, you know what? It's funny when I kept hearing Bojangles Coliseum, I was like, why, why is this place called Bojangles? I forgot Bojangles is a big uh, fast food spot down in down south. I was like, man, this is called the Bojangles Arena. What the heck? But uh, our dot man, what are some of your um your favorite memories of the uh, of the All Star All Star Weekend NBA All Star Weekend? Oh man, well you know you know the highlight of All Star Weekend is the slam dunk contest. So you know, I, it, it's so many memorable slam dunk contest moments. You got Vince Carter with with the arm in the net. You got uh. Dwight Howard with the Superman cape. Then you got Nate Robinson with the Kryptonite ball. You got, man, it's so Dominique versus Mike. I mean, it's so many all-star moments from the slam dunk contest. But I think my my all-star game, my most memorable all-star game is the 98 all-star game. uh, Madison Square Garden. And uh, Kobe showed out at the Garden, but Jordan won the MVP. And I know that that was one of the games that Kobe actually credits uh, some of his aggressiveness because he was locked on Mike at the end of the game. Uh, they were, you know, it, it, it's all fun because the NBA All-Star game is not like a defensive struggle until it's the final the fourth quarter. For the fourth quarter. If, yeah. if, in fact, it's a game at that point. You know, sometimes, I mean, I know they, they use it up by about 20 at that point, so. Uh, it depends, but yeah, that was probably one of my most memorable games, that '98 All Star Game at the Garden. I think I think my one of my most memorable games was the I think it was '92, '92 or '95. I forgot mine. '91 and '92 when when Magic came back. I think it was the game in I think it was the game in Orlando. I believe, I'm not mistaken. When Magic came back after he was diagnosed with HIV. Um, he came back and played in the uh, the All Star game and showed out and won the MVP in the All Star game. Um, many many different reasons why that one stands out to me. I remember where I was. I'm not going to say exactly where, I was, but I, me- I remember where I was watching that game. 
and it was just one of those fun games. I can I can I, uh, I can remember coming to school the next day, and people were trying to do the um, some of the moves that Magic was doing with the ball when he's trying to fake out um, Isaiah Thomas uh, doing certain things. You know, th- you know, people, you know, you know how kids emulate what they see on TV when it comes to basketball. But um, that was one of my one of the ones I remember the most, and one of the ones that stand out to me. Um, the all-star game in Philadelphia. Uh, I remember that. And, and one of the things that happened and I guess it was early 2000, maybe late 90, early 2000, when they stopped having, um, all-star uniforms for a few years that they just didn't have all-star uniforms. They had them wear their own uniform. I hated that. I, I really did not like that. Um, yeah, that was with strange. that being, yeah, I, I hated it. I, I thought every, every, um, I thought, having an all-star uniform was always a unique thing uh, for the city, for each city. And I believe it was Philadelphia. I don't think they had all-star uniforms in Philadelphia. And I was always, I was interested in seeing what kind of uniforms they were going to have. Um, one thing I don't like, Ardot, and I actually tweeted it out earlier this week um, after, um, after it was, it was Monday, we talked, talked about it on uh soul and sports on Fox sports radio. And, um, I do not like, and I don't think I will ever like, the draft, the all-star draft. I really don't. And But here's the thing. Let me tell you one way I would like it, and I actually just heard this suggestion last night. I think I would like the draft better if they did it pickup game style, where they're all maybe in a room right before the game starts, and they pick teams and then go out there and play the game. Maybe I would like it better then, but I don't like this whole team team LeBron, team Giannis, team Steph. You know, I don't like that situation. I, I, I guess I'm a traditionalist, and maybe I got to change with the time. But I like the East and West. Okay, I like that whole – I like that format. I like being able to talk about the history of East and West and, you know, a, a West record such and such, an East record such and such. You know, the West never scored this many points. We don't have – last two years we haven't had that. Or this year, this year and last year, we haven't had that. We haven't been able to have that. And 20 years from now, when LeBron is not in the game, what are we going to say? Team LeBron, you know, you're just not going to be able to really associate the history with it too much because there's going to be a different captain every year. I'm not a big fan of that. How about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess in that sense we're traditionalists uh, because I was a big fan of East versus West. Now it's just a big kind of hodgepodge of all right these players got selected and now it's east players mixed with west players it's just i'm not a big fan of the whole select i I don't even think i would like the pickup game style of the draft either i'm just i I wouldn't i wouldn't like that let me let me explain that just a little bit i'll let you i wouldn't like it either but if they're going to do a draft style do a pickup game style let let's let and let us see let us see it right before the game. Let them all be in the same room. They all, It's just like staying at the basketball court. All right, I got him. All right, I got him. All right, I got him. All right, let's go out and ball. That's that's what I mean. I, I don't like the, that style at all. I, you East gets voted, West gets voted, go play a game. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No, I mean, I just think that it's, it's more so – I would actually like to see some of the fan voting reduced. Uh, because, honestly, it becomes a popularity contest. And, I mean, that's what it's been for a very long time. I remember yeah, back when uh, 
the year that Kobe retired, there's no way he should have made the All-Star game. If it was one of those David uh, Stern or Adam Silver honorary elected votes, I mean, that makes more sense. But statistically, there's no way. And I think every year there might be one or two players that don't make it based off of merit because there are other players who are playing, uh, you know, okay basketball and the recognition of the brand that they're associated with. And it's just, I I think we've got to get away from that. I think that, you know, if you're going to have, like, for instance, Dwayne Wade, um, who is actually playing from what I, from what I, I haven't looked at his stats, but from what I heard, Dwayne Wade is playing pretty well this year. I don't know if he's playing all-star caliber, but he made the all-star team. This is his last year in the league. He's already said he's retiring after this, after this season. Somebody like Dwayne Wade, somebody like Dirk Nowitzki, their last year in the season should be honorary all-stars. Put them on an all-star team, regardless of they, if they get voted in or not, okay? Because these are future Hall of Famers, and they have, they have earned that. I think I feel like they have earned that, okay? Now, don't allow – and in turn, don't put someone off the team or, 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 you know, just have the teams voted. If they don't get voted on, put them on as honorary members. And, you know, right. allow the team to, to be the team. And don't don't take up someone's spot because you're going to put them on there. So, uh, you know, like Dirk, Dirk is definitely not an all-star, but I think, you know, as an honorary all-star, you know, he should be there. I do believe that. Um, 215-383-3992. Hit us up. Talking about right now, we're talking the NBA All-Star game. Earlier we had Eddie Barksdale, Barksdale Affiliates and Realty, talking about property ownership. We're going to have him on again. You're definitely going to want to check this uh, the, the, the post-recording of this show. Because he was driving a lot of jewels about home ownership, and you definitely want to, um, if you have not owned, a, if you have not been in the home buying process, or if you are planning to be in the home buy, home buying process anytime soon, you might want to hear some of the things that he has to say. Um, but right now we're talking NBA All Star Weekend, some of the good, some of the bad, some of the ugly. Um, when Kobe, you said you're talking about when Kobe's last year, he wasn't an All Star, but he, you know, but voted in, but he wasn't really All Star caliber, right? Dirk Nowitzki right. is not All Star caliber whatsoever right now, but he's Dirk. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a champion, you know, honorary. Dwayne Wade, you know, if he doesn't get voted in this year, honorary, okay? Um, and and that's how it be- went for both of those guys, and I'm completely okay with that because Kobe was he should he could have very well been an honorary uh, all-star that season. But the fan vote at that point was a popularity contest and not fully based on merit. That's like right well, now this and year. When you think about it, the all-star game is for the fans. And, it's you know, a popularity, it's, right. Um, right. I mean, it's not like the fans get a Hall of Fame vote. You know right. what I mean? There's a lot of Hall of Famers that maybe shouldn't be Hall of Famers. But – the um or, or there's a lot of people that probably would be in the Hall of Fame if the fans had a vote that wouldn't deserve to be in there. Um, but the All Star Game, you know, this is who the fans want to see. It's like when Yao was the leading vote getter for I don't know how many years. Yao wasn't the best in the league, you know, what I mean? but he had all of of his culture behind him. So yeah. in that case, for him, it was a popularity. He probably was an All Star because I mean, most of the time when you de- when you're that big. And you can and you have skill. You're going to be an all star. Sean Bradley, I believe, never made an all star game. He was he was very tall, but he had the skill. 
Okay, he didn't have all-star caliber, you know, play. Shaq was big. He he was a big personality. He was an all-star. Now, he made all-star games when he shouldn't have, like when he was in Phoenix. <laughs> okay. But right, but right. What he, but what he did with that, he came out with the Jabberwockies. That was 10 years ago. Can you believe that was 10 years ago? But he came out with the wow. Jabberwockies, and he just made the best of the situation, man. Like, Shaq was, if he wasn't an all-star on the court, he was he, his personality made him an all-star regardless because he was Shaq. And, and All-Star Weekend is made for guys like Shaquille O'Neal, like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is turning into a personality favorite in the league. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Sixers fan and a Joel Embiid fan. I think people enjoy his personality. They enjoy how he basically promotes himself. And as a fan, sometimes I think he does it at the wrong time. But, you know, he's doing it. He's better in his brand. Um, he, he gets it. He's one of the guys that gets it. Some guys just don't get it. Um, but he does. And um, what are you thinking about this year's game? I mean, you know, like we, I, I don't even know who's on whose team. I have to pull it up to look at it because it's not East and West. I would love to see, you know, you know them go back to East and West so I know, oh, the, well, the East got this, the West got that. And I really believe that it was made that way because – the the disparity of talent between the East and the West was so, you know, so West heavy that they changed it up. Right. However, that being the case, the East still held their own. Games were close, you know, and, and you know, I, I just, I don't like the draft. I, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to say I don't like the draft. It is what it is. But go ahead, Arda, I'm going to give you the floor. What are you thinking about this year's game? Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I think I think that the way that the team shaped up with the draft, I wasn't a big fan of the Westbrook trade though. Did, did you? <laughs> I think, and I could be a hundred percent inaccurate in saying that KD may have influenced that Westbrook trade. Because yeah, I won't get into the politics behind it. I know that I know that Westbrook is you know well they they played together but you know that they are no longer friends and I get that part uh, I do know that LeBron definitely wanted Ben Simmons so I won't say that it was just a deal straight up and down to get him off to get him on the team uh, but it, it wouldn't collusion. it would be one of those things where calling collusion if, yeah as a, as a Sixers fan I'm calling collusion. <laughs> I know I know he came out LeBron came out and said that he didn't want Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the same team for the All-Star game. So that did make sense to me. And if I'm LeBron That was a Simmons, that I was a way that was a way to to uh cover up collusion. <laughs> and I know I got a Lakers well, fan that, listening right now and I'm saying yes, collusion. I'm saying it. Miss West Lakers they're almost back. They're not going to be a playoff team this year or next year or the year after that. But in 2021, they're going to look pretty dangerous. But uh, <laughs> but back to the All-Star game. I think it's going to be a fun-filled weekend, man. I, I'm looking forward to the to the slam dunk contest. I'm looking forward to the skills challenge. Uh, did you watch the, uh, the Futures game last night? I saw bits and pieces. I really didn't get to check out the whole thing. Who ended up winning the game? Uh... Uh, look, I don't know. Um, the USA, <laughs> USA won. USA team, okay. Yes. So let me US let me pull up the uh, NBA dot com and so I can and, uh, so I can talk about things. 
Kyle Kuzma had a game, man. I, I'm just him and him and uh, Ben Simmons. They just went back and forth. It was a, a heck of a game. Uh, Luka Doncic, man, just seeing him play, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with for a very long time. And I think pairing him with Kristaps Porzingis, that might make uh, Dallas one of the superpowers in the West. That's it'll be. Nash and Nowitzki all over again. I feel like in Dallas they're going to be a competitive with, with, team. Which two players with Doncic, Doncic, and, and who? And, and Porzingis. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that 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 is going to be interesting. That's going to be something to watch. Yeah, Doncic, and I can't even say the guy's name. Doncic <laughs> and Porzingis. Um, that that will be interesting. Um, you know, I don't know what was going on in New York, why they traded Porzingis. I, you know, how do you trade your best player? I mean, are they going after Zion? Is that what they're oh, trying to do? Course. Are they tanking for Zion? You would be, you would be stupid not. To. Yeah, I mean, you know, but when the Sixers were tanking, you know, it was, it was a, it was a whole big thing. And why are they doing this? But now it's like accepted now. Like, is, is it because you see how how good Zion is, and the, and everybody, and Zion is not even the best player on Duke, if you ask me. He's just the biggest and the, and probably one of the most uh, athletic for his size. He's a big dude. The only person in the NBA bigger than Zion is Boban. <laughs> okay, that's the only one that weighs more than Zion. Um, the skills challenge, the three point the three point contest. Maybe I am a a homer, and he doesn't play for the Sixers anymore. But how is Landry Shamit night in the three-point contest. Somebody tell me that. Well, so I think that you, I think you get to opt in, or is it invite only? Because I, I know that I've seen players lobby to get into like the slam dunk contest or the skills competition. Uh, so I've seen players come out and say, "Hey, I want to be involved," or "Hey, I don't want to do it." Because we've seen Maybe LeBron say year it. after year, "I don't want to do the slam dunk contest." Even though the so one I think year it's he said one of those things, right? And then he said he was going to be in it and backed out. But I, I think it—I know it used to be invite only. Like it was very selective back in the early '90s, uh, late '80s, early '90s, as to who got to participate. But I think over time, it, it really grew into. And I, you know, we've had the conversation before. Vince Carter killed the slam dunk contest. He uh, did. There, he did. there was nobody who could match that level of until LeBron came in the league. And honestly, I felt like LeBron could have matched it, but he chose not to. Uh, it was just one of those things where Vince Carter creatively killed the slam dunk contest because there was no one who could match some of those. I mean, it was just super athletic. You, Do you, we have you, to you through your legs? You're, then you are arm in the net. I mean, it's just crazy. It was nasty. I, he killed it. It was nasty. We didn't see any, we we didn't see anything like that, of course. But do we have to does the slam dunk contest got have to get to a point and I don't think anybody would like would agree, but does that come to a point where we have to bring in the professional dunkers for the slam dunk for the slam dunk contest to be interesting again? Uh it, it's one of those things where I think if you do that, it removes some of the value out of what it is. 
Because if you're not going to use some of the game's top players and showstoppers, then it's, it's almost worthless. If you're going to bring well, in professional dunkers, unless you have them. It, well, here's the thing, and and I, I hear what you're saying, and I can't disagree with what you're saying, but, you know, we're not seeing the top guys in the league come out to the dunk contest anymore. We're just not. You know what I mean? We're not seeing – LeBron didn't do it, right? We we saw Dominique do it. We saw Mike do it. We saw Kobe do it. Okay, we saw Vince do it. All right, but, you know, we're not seeing – this year we got Miles Bridges, John Collins, Hamadou Diallo, and Dennis Smith Jr., all guys that can dunk and can leap, okay. But right. you're just not. I mean, as far as far as a uh, as far as, as excitement is concerned about seeing these players in the dunk contest and seeing them play in a regular basketball game, it, it's it's not there. Seeing Michael Jordan in the dunk contest, the the excitement was there from him being one of the best players in the league at his time. Dominique Wilkins, same thing. Dr. J being in the dunk contest. You know what I mean, uh, Vince Carter, and, and 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 let's just be, let's be honest. We didn't know Vince Carter was coming the way he came in that dunk contest. Like Vince Carter, we yeah. knew he had hops, but we just didn't know the creativity was there. Okay, and and let's not forget in that dunk contest, Stevie Francis was right there with him. True. Like we we would if if Vince Carter was not in that dunk contest, we would be talking about Stevie Francis, or uh, who was it? Tracy McGrady was also, was Tracy McGrady in that one too. I, uh, I don't think that they I don't think they competed against each other that year. Okay. But I mean just think about it. I mean when um when Kobe won it, Kobe did his thing. You know what I mean? Kobe Kobe had a lot of hype behind him. He did it as a rookie. He had a lot of hype behind him because he came in from high school. So people knew who Kobe was. He wasn't one of the best guys in the league at the time, but he had so much attention on him being who he was and what he came from that, you know, him being it was exciting. You knew there was a high a kid that was just playing high school ball last year, winning uh uh he was he was actually at the time that he was in the dunk contest, a year from that time he was in the Pennsylvania uh high school playoffs. No okay, think about that. And then he goes the three hundred and sixty five days later, he's in the dunk contest winning a, the NBA dunk contest. But we're not like if today, if we got guys today that would be that would make you excited about being in the dunk contest. Who who do you pick today? Russell Westbrook. I mean, no. he has he has no. I I like Russell Westbrook's dunk acumen. But who who are you putting in? That I mean, he, big he, he's a he's a forceful dunker, but I don't think he he has a lot of creativity. Well, we didn't uh, know that about really, Vince either. I mean, Russell was in a, a dunk contest before, so right. And you know what? And to go back, you are correct. That was that 2000 slam dunk contest was uh, Vince, Tracy, and Stevie Franchise. And, and Stevie Francis was right there with him. Yeah, he was right there with him. So, so that was. I mean, that slam dunk contest was probably one of the best ever in terms of creativity. Uh, I don't think anybody could have matched that. But this year, there's not big name dunkers in the league. And, uh, LeBron can't even dunk anymore. 
there what? are just it's just think of the big names. Some of the big names are getting old now, and I think the league yeah. hasn't done a great job of promoting a lot of the new young talent because right. the game right. has changed so to much. The old guys. Yeah. Well, the game has changed so much towards the three-point shooter. So there's yeah. Steph, there's Clay, you have Trey Young, you have Luka Doncic, you have players who can shoot the ball now. So it's transitioning more to a fundamental basketball game where you're focused on shooting ability and it's getting away from the dominance of the game where you're forcing the paint and you're dunking on people. Well, we got we got less than three minutes left in the show. I just want to go through and wow. talk about – I want to talk to about some of the some of the dunk champions that we've had uh, over the. I'm, I'll, I'll go through like the list real quick. Uh, Larry Nance was the first dunk contest NBA dunk contest winner in '84. Um, uh, that was that was the first year the dunk contest was 1984 in the NBA. Before that was in the ABA, um, and Dr. J did his thing then. Uh, then yet Larry, um, excuse me, Dominique Wilkins in '85, Spud Webb in '86. Mike won back-to-back years, 87, 88. Then you had Kenny Walker, Kenny Skywalker in 89. Dominique Wilkins again in 1990. So, you know, he he competed in 85. You know, he competed in he was 87 or 80. I forgot one year. I think he might have been hurt. And then he competed again in, in, in 90. So these guys are not right. only competing, but they com- continue to compete in it. Right? Over time. D, D. Brown, who was uh, – he was a decent player, but he wasn't like a great, an all-time great. But he was known because he did the arm over the eyes uh, dunk. Cedric Sabalo, same deal. Uh, he had he had a good career. Um, did the blindfold dunk. Harold Miner, who was considered Baby Jordan at the time because of some of the things he did, but he you know his career wasn't all that great. You know he was a he was a role player. Isaiah Ryder, same thing. Then uh, Harold Miner won again. We got just under a minute left. Harold Miner won again. He had Brent Barry, the first white boy to ever win. Excuse me if I said it like that. The first white person to ever win. <laughs> <laughs> then you had Kobe, Vince, Desmond. And then after, after Vince, it kind of fell off. Desmond Mason. Then you had Jason Richardson back-to-back. Jason Richardson did his thing. Um, Fred Jones, Josh Smith, Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson had 100 chances to dunk. Andre Iguodala won that one. You had Gerald Green, Dwight Howard, Nate Robinson, Nate Robinson, Blake Griffin, Jeremy Evans, Terrence Ross. Uh, then you had the team dunk contest where it was Paul George, Terrence Ross, John Wall. Zach Levine went back to back. Glenn Robinson the third, and last year you had Donovan Mitchell. Uh, look, we got less than we got about thirty seconds left, man. Last words are that. Oh man, I just want to sit back and enjoy the festivities of All Star Weekend. I definitely want to thank everybody for rocking with us, man. Um, hey, we gonna we gonna keep it going. We'll be right back next week with Nicole Jones Davis. So people stay tuned for that one. Lock in. Jay, you finished us off. Hey, man, look, I'm going to thank uh, Mr. Eddie Barksdale, Barksdale and Affiliates Realty, talking to us about property ownership. We're going to have him on again. we got a lot more to talk about. Check me out this week on Philly Go Flow and on Solon Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Um, we're going to get up out of here. We appreciate y'all for checking us out. We love y'all for loving us, and we're going to end it right there. Enjoy NBA All-Star Weekend if that's what you're going to do. We out of here. Peace.